is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, hey, hey. So... I want to give you a really quick example of what it could look like when our old stuff, i.e. unresolved trauma, unhealed trauma, unrecognized, unseen, unprocessed trauma, memories, things that are stored in our body, in our literal tissues. You know the saying, your issues are in your tissues, feeling is healing. Well, I know that on BU, we have spent three years talking about this stuff Yet, I still felt very called, and I feel very called in the moment right now, to share this quick real-life example of something that just happened with me that I experienced personally. To give you an illustration, because I still think a lot of us are confused by what it means. We're thinking it has to be like an old traumatic memory coming up, or it has to be like a total freak-out moment, or... Many times I think we forget or maybe we're oblivious to or maybe we're choosing not to see. Either way, we're blind to what I'm going to show you here, which is this can just show up as everyday stuff. It can just be a little spat with our spouse and we can just call it that and that's fine. And if we are willing to do what I'm going to show you here and what I explained that I did, which is get into our body and get out of the fight or flight trauma response that, that protective pattern of getting into fight or flight. What does that mean? That's our nervous system trying to protect us. We don't need to run from an animal chasing us, but our body feels like we do. So we'll go into fight or flight. Does that mean you're literally going to fight or run away? No, but your nervous system wants you to, right? So you'll feel agitated. You'll feel anxious. You might feel combative, defensive, snippy, argumentative. You might get palpitations. You could turn all red. You could get flushed. You could get itchy. You could. It could manifest in a million and one ways. Either way, you're not in your body. You're sort of what I would call offline. And you're in this protective pattern. Your nervous system is trying to keep you safe, putting you into, in this example, it's fight or flight. It could be, you know, freeze or fawn, but it's in fight or flight for me in this example. So when we get into our body, then we can not only get back into our body and go back online and breathe and get back to life and go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm okay, I'm safe, and go on with life. But here's the bonus. The icing on this beautiful crazy cake is that when we do that, sound, breath, or movement, or all three, getting back into our bodies and get back online, 
we get the message, we get the lesson, we get some sort of beautiful guidance. And maybe it doesn't feel like, oh, it's a big spiritual moment. I've got this spiritual aha guidance coming from the heavens. Maybe it's literally just, oh shit, I realized what was happening. Oh my gosh. Okay, so here's my quick example. My husband and I had an appointment that we both agreed to, to work out together. We've been really slacking off with that. I'm, I've been slacking off way more than him. And so I wanted that for accountability for both of us. But I was also excited, which I did not say to him, for us to have a little date, for us to have an appointment together. I wanted us to have time together that's like literally scheduled in the calendar. And I did not express that to him, by the way, in his defense. So, and again, this isn't about our little spat that we had or our disagreement. It's about my old stuff coming up, me being able to see that once I got back into my body and then realizing what the lesson was. Why is it important that I got the lesson? Not so I can come in here and brag to you about it, but so that it doesn't repeat. Or if it does, I'll catch it quicker. So I was able to go back much more quickly than I would have in the past, but not as quickly as I wish I would have. I stayed mad at him and was in my stuff and then was like, oh boy, got it. Okay. So we had this appointment to work out together. We have a home gym and it was from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. today. And my husband said to me last night, hey, I've got to fly somewhere for work. He's a pilot and so he can zip over to another state pretty easily. So it's not like he's on a you know four-hour flight with potential delays and, and all that. He's flying himself. So the reason I say that is because he could still get somewhere and get back fairly quickly. So he said, because I have to do that, I know what time's our appointment again. I said 8.30. And I said, I'm going to take our grandson to the bus and then I'll be back in time to start um, at 8.30. And he said, well, I'm going to need to start earlier than that though, because I need to go to this meeting in another state and I'm going to need to fly. Okay, I didn't communicate well enough. I don't think he communicated probably as clearly as he could have, but we both thought we were on the same page. And the same page was not the same page. But he thought, oh, and he said, I'm going to have to start early. I think I just said that. And so he remembers saying, I'm going to need to start by like eight o'clock. I don't remember him saying that. And these details are important. There's a reason I'm I'm giving you these details so you can feel the buildup of when I went offline. Okay, so... I took my grandson to the bus, got back home at 8.20 a.m., and then I had a text from our landscaper who said, hey, I've got a crew that's in your area. You said you wanted some supplies to do your flower pots, but can you be there? Because I don't know, your pots are very big and heavy, and we have a a thing that we can use to lift them and move them wherever you want them, but you got to tell the guy where you want them. And I said, no problem. And he pulled up right after, as I was going into my closet to change into my workout clothing. Now, I still was not going to be late for our agreed appointment, right? We were going to work out together at 8.30 a.m. But I knew he'd said he had to start early, so I wanted to get out there early if I could. Anyway, I ran out there, did the thing with the landscape guy, figured out where the pots needed to go. Then I went back inside, went to the bathroom, got a glass of water, changed into my clothing, and I got out to our gym at 8.38 a.m., I said, hey, I'm really sorry that I'm here at 8.38, eight minutes late. I didn't realize the landscapers were in the area and I needed to do that with them. And I wasn't dressed already. So it took me a little time. He said, oh, it's no big deal at all. He had already been working out because he did tell me he had to start early, right? So 
One, now this is important. One thing that played into my nervous system, we'll call it activation, right? When I started getting upset, had nothing to do with what I'm about to tell you in a minute. I'll tell you that the precursor, and it's important to hear this because sometimes there are outside things happening, little nuanced things that we have, we think have nothing to do with our argument. Well, they did because it was a seed planted in me that was triggering something in me that had nothing to do with my husband and had nothing to do with our relationship. The argument had something to do with our relationship, our lack of communication, and a theme that I feel like happens sometimes with us. But what I'm going to tell you is important. A little seed was planted, a little detail that really started this whole cascade effect. Now that I look back, I get very overwhelmed with information when I have to read it. I don't know if I have some sort of learning disability. I don't know what it is, but I get overwhelmed when there are a lot of colors and on Excel spreadsheets, they're like different colors and boxes and do this and do that. And, And my brain starts to shut down and I start going into this activation mode where I feel stifled, suffocated, anxious, And my brain wants to go offline. So as I was looking at my very first workout with a new trainer, um, he had offered a call with me. He's amazing. If you look up Dr. Nick, N-I-C-K, Truby, T-R-U-B-E-E, he's a PhD in, I believe, exercise physiology. He's unbelievable. Anyway, love him and have been talking to him for a month now, doing some coaching and started the movement today, all programmed ahead of time. Side note, funny trail. <laughs> okay. So as I looked at it, he, by the way, he had offered to do a call with me to walk me through it. And I was like, oh, no, no, it'll be fine. Because I knew my husband was going to be there to hold my hand, but I didn't explain that to my husband. I briefly mentioned it, but I didn't say it with any like level of importance. What I really wish I would have said was, hey, I know you don't understand this because we're different people. We have different brains, different nervous systems, different backgrounds. For me, I get overwhelmed with information when it's delivered to my brain this way. So when I go to look at it, we kind of just like look at it with me and make sure I'm doing it right because I immediately get overwhelmed when I see too much. I didn't say that. I just said something like, oh, I don't have much to do. We're going to do something slow and easy, but I'm glad you're going to be there because I don't really know what I'm doing. And he didn't hear me say that and that's not his fault. Okay, so first thing, started to go, I'll call it offline a little bit because my brain was overwhelmed by the information. I could feel my heart racing a little bit. And my husband had music playing and and the music was too much for me. Like, I don't know if it's ADD or what, but I can't listen to music and also try to read something and really concentrate, especially when it's delivered the way it was delivered in this Excel spreadsheet with multiple colors, et cetera, et cetera. So I said to my husband, "Um, I'm gonna turn the music off. I can't do this. So I turned the music off and he was fine with it. And then I looked and I said, can you help me? He looked showed me. I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. It's actually pretty simple. I just couldn't really figure it out. Got it. Makes sense. So I sat down to do the very first movement and he gets up and he's leaving. I'm like, what are you doing? He just said, I'm done. And I said, how are you done already? He said, Jill, I started at eight o'clock. It's nine o'clock. I need to go. I need to get to the shower and get to the airport. And I was pissed. I hate that word, but I was ticked. I was angry. I was hurt. I was frustrated. Why was I frustrated? Now, think of yourself when I'm using this example. This isn't really about my story. We're using this illustration so that you can look at your life. When has this happened with you? So I, do you ever have a bigger reaction than what is really, I would say, appropriate? It's hard to say that because I know we're all different and we all get to feel our feelings. But have you had a bigger reaction than you 
when you look back, you realize mm, it's probably bigger than was appropriate. I, I can feel what I want to feel, but I didn't really need to get that upset. So I was really upset and he was walking out. Now it's very important to hear me say he was leaving. Okay. That was triggering. What, what do you think it was triggering in me? Things that I have worked on and I have moved through my body, through breath work, through all the things we've talked about for three years with all these experts on this show. But it's never fully gone, gone, right? And it, our patterns are going to come back. This stuff is going to come back. It's just like an old scab getting picked again. Like it's just going to show up and our reactions are going to get less and less and less, but it, it just happens. You're never going to fully empty the trash can. You're not going to be a clean, perfectly clean vessel. And so for me, it triggered abandonment. I know that now. I know that after I moved my body, went out in nature, breathed, and I was able to really see it for what it was, okay? But so he was walking away. He was in a hurry. So he wasn't really able to listen to me very clearly or very, I would say, presently. He was trying and I could tell, but I could tell, I could sense energetically that he was hurried, okay? So I look back now and I realize that was making me feel unseen, unheard, not important, unloved, not literally, right? But it felt that way. And I was being abandoned. In that moment, did I think that? No, we never feel that way in the moment because in the moment, we're just upset. Our brain has taken over our protective pattern. Our nervous system is saying, alert, 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 alarm, 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 danger, danger, danger. That's what's happening. That's why we get, quote unquote, pissed off. So, because I, if that hadn't happened, if there's nothing underneath that, it wasn't triggering anything underneath it, I could have said, dude, what are you doing? I thought we had a date. I was excited about this. What, why do you have to go? That stinks. Well, I guess I didn't communicate very clearly. And he would have said, yeah, I didn't either. Sorry. And that would have been it. But it happened the way it happened because I have underlying shit. We all do. I'm just willing to say it. Okay. So he was walking away. He was in a bit of a hurry. I didn't feel seen, heard, even though he was being very loving. He was saying things like, Jill, I'm sorry. I thought I communicated it clearly. I actually changed my appointment that I'm flying to so that I could keep this appointment with you because when I agreed to it with you, I did something I shouldn't have done. I didn't look at my calendar. And so I agreed to two things at once. And instead of postponing this, I postponed that, right? So he was he was completely in the right. So I was very, very much not happy. And I said something and I look back now and I realize that is a trigger phrase, a key phrase, let's say. It's a phrase that tells a lot. If I say, just leave me alone, that's my little girl. That's me from my childhood saying, just leave me alone. I don't really want to be left alone. But when I'm hurt and I'm sad and I'm upset and I'm upset and I'm overwhelmed, I go, I isolate. I want to be alone. People who do that, you know why we do that? Because when we were children, whether we remembered it or not, we felt, even if it wasn't true, we felt like we had to solve everything on our own and nobody cared and that we were alone to sort of sit in our feelings and that nobody really cared and that we needed to be alone to sort of like, we would go by ourselves and be alone when we were upset and hurt. I'll just say it that way. So I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but I think this is a really, really good conversation to have. So 
key phrase. I said, just leave me alone, like very childlike. So he did. Now, I know we don't all have, I don't have all female listeners, right? There are a lot of men that listen to this, but a lot of times women, we will do this, right? Just leave me alone. We don't want to be left alone. They don't speak that language. They speak the language we are speaking with our words, which is leave us alone. So they're going to leave us alone. (laughs) It's not their job to read our mind and go, oh, hold on. The crystal ball tells me I'm not supposed to leave her alone when she says to leave her alone. I used to play that game and it's just, it's not healthy. So I said, leave me alone. And he left. And I was laying on the floor in the gym, so upset, feeling like I'm going to cry. I immediately got up. Now I can't, I would love to say this. I can't say it's because I thought I need to get in my body. I need to move these emotions through me. This isn't really me. I'm offline. No, that's not what happened. I was taking my ball and going home. I was being a toddler. So he was already gone. It's not like he was going to see me, but I was like, fuck this. I'm not even going to do this workout. I'll talk about that in a minute. And I grabbed my phone and I went out to go for a walk. So I got out into, we live out in the country and we have these trails, okay? Wooded trails, like really in nature. I'm saying that because it's like very healing. It's not like a path of concrete I was walking and that would be fine if it was. But for me, this is like my, this is like church for me, okay? So I got out there and I called him. I'm really upset. Okay. Jill, I apologize. And he repeated himself again. I said, well, I'm really upset. I I just don't appreciate this because you did not communicate clearly. And we had something put in the calendar and I wanted to spend time with you. And then the last thing I said was, did you even see the way I invited you on the meeting request? And I hung up on him. Well, the meeting request I sent him said, work out with my boo. It was cute. It was flirty. It was lovey. And it meant something to me, and I wanted it to mean something to him. I bet if I said it to him, it would mean something to him. I have the most amazing husband. He is my best friend. He is so devoted to me and our relationship. But I can't expect him to feel what I wanted him to feel because he probably didn't even notice that it said that. He is super ADD, by the way. (laughs) So he probably didn't even see. He just saw a workout. Okay, we're doing that. So when I said that, that was another key phrase. What would be a key phrase? To me, a key phrase is something that we say over and over again that is a hint to what's underneath. It's a breadcrumb to something underneath. It's a flare. It's a signal, okay? And like maybe a little bit of an alarm bell, a hint. So when I said, did you even see how I invited you? After I hung up, I realized, oh, I didn't even know I was going to say that, but ooh, now I know why I said that. Because I wanted more out of that workout together than I explained to him. There was more underneath it for me. I wanted connection. I wanted intimacy. I wanted time alone together. I had not been feeling well for a few days and I finally felt great today. And I was so excited to be moving my body. So excited to be starting this journey with this trainer that he also was using. Excited to work out in our gym together, which we never do. And it hurt my feelings. I was sad. It's like I'd asked him on a date and he skipped out early. That's how it felt. Is that actually true? No, but that's how it felt. 
Now, let's peel it back and look underneath. So as I started walking, remember sound, breath, and movement. Those are the ways that we can move these emotions through our body. We can get these stuck stuck energy, stuck stuff that is literally in our physical tissue, okay? With the way we can get it out is through sound, breath, and movement. So I started walking. And as I was walking, I was breathing intentionally. You know, I was doing things like, like just really trying to move things. I was shaking my hands. And as I did a couple of loops, then it hit me. And I realized, okay, Jill. So I'm going to digress and interject to you. What I just shared with you a minute ago, all true and accurate. And I was able to see way underneath it with what I'm going to say to you now. What I realized was, okay, there's something from your childhood that is still there. And it just reared its little ugly head or it did a little peekaboo and it hurt. It was like a knife cutting through something, like just like the tip of the knife poking through. Ah, that hurt. And now we're going to go underneath and we're going to look at what is that knife? What is it? What's that original wound? Doesn't have to be a real memory. Doesn't have to be an original like story, but what is the overarching theme slash internal dialogue record that keeps playing story on repeat that just happened to poke through and it hurt a little bit? Well, it was abandonment. I know I said that in the beginning, but I want to just say it again that that's when I realized it. I didn't realize that at first. We never do. I had to be back in my physical body. I had to be back online. I had to move that stuff out of me to really be there and hear what my body was trying to say to me and what my heart and soul were trying to say to me. And that was, it didn't just hurt because you made a date and you didn't communicate clearly and he was leaving early. It hurt as badly as it did and you went offline and got as upset as you did and felt the way you did for two reasons. One, you still have pain and around abandonment from your childhood. You felt like you were alone all the time. Nobody cared about you. And you felt abandoned by your parents. You felt abandoned when your older brother got married when you were, you know, only in, I don't know, eighth grade, because he's 10 years older. You felt abandoned when your other brother moved out, when your parents were divorced and you were left alone with your mom and her boyfriend and it was not a good environment. Those are things, by the way, I have worked on and I remembered before. But on this walk, my heart, my soul, was saying to me, remember those things? When your husband was walking out of the garage gym and in a hurry and leaving you, quote unquote, it reminded you of what it felt like as a child to be left emotionally, but also physically, quite literally. And that aha was the healing. Oh, thank you, God. I got it. Ooh, that's why that happened. I was acting a little strange. Okay, that makes sense. And then part two. Here's the other side of the coin. Here's the other part of it, I'll say. The other thing that was happening. Remember, we've talked about protective patterns and protective parts. You don't self-sabotage. You don't procrastinate all that because you are a procrastinator and you're a self-sabotager. You and I self-sabotage and we procrastinate, et cetera. Name any negative behavior or pattern. Because there's a part of us trying to protect us. When we were little, that worked. 
it worked to protect us. We just don't want it in the driver's seat all the time now as an adult, but it'll poke back into the driver's seat every now and then. And that's what happened today. What do I mean? Well, I told you I started working out today with that trainer. But what I have said in other episodes, you may not remember, or maybe you've never listened to other episodes, so I will I will say it now. I have had a real struggle with being way over the weight I have ever been in my life, with being not in good physical shape right now. I've been really hard on myself because I stopped doing my regular walks that I was doing. I stopped lifting heavy weights, which felt really good to me. I did it twice a week for six months and I haven't done it for six months now. So I was feeling anxious about that. I was feeling anxious about starting with this trainer and learning that new system online with the Excel spreadsheet. But here's the bigger part. A part of me did not want to do that workout, not because it was going to be hard, not because I didn't feel like doing it, but because my protective part was coming forward to say, I want to keep you safe and I want to keep you right where you are, which is stiff, overweight, not fitting in your clothes and not feeling good. You might say, what are you talking about? There's no part of you that would ever want you to be like that. Remember, our nervous system, our brain wants to keep us safe. And what is safe is what's familiar. What is safe is something that is not different. And what's been familiar for me for a while is not moving and being in sort of a shame cycle about it. I know it doesn't make cognitive sense right now. Like, what the hell? How could that make sense or rational sense? But this is literally how it works. So a part of me was trying to self-sabotage, was trying to sabotage the workout. You might go, well, you didn't make him say that. I didn't. But I, I do believe I have no proof of this, but my belief is based on the learning I've done over the past, I don't know, five years or so and the coaches I've worked with and the the what I've studied through the coaching institute I work with and the healers I've worked with and just my own life experience, what I've learned is that some of the most beautiful experiences cannot be explained by science or by logic. Life will life. The universe will universe. God will God. Like they will all conspire together to help us. And it will feel awful, but it's a gift. I believe that God, my angels, the universe, the whole kit and caboodle was helping me today by having it work out the way it did, where my husband worked out early where he didn't communicate clearly, where I didn't communicate my needs and my desires about the workout clearly, where I didn't communicate clearly about the time, ask him better questions and make sure we were on the same page. I believe all of that happened so that I could get upset, so that I could go out into the trails and walk, so that I could have this aha that I still have abandonment, pain and wounds, that that's all that was. It wasn't real. And that I get to come back into safety, which is in my body, use the tools in my tool belt that I have learned and been working on faster and faster each time. I believe that all of those co-conspirators, let's call them in a good way, helped me have that experience so that I could come back to truth. And that I could also see that there's a protective part wanting me to not get in shape and not get strong and not get fit and healthy. 
because it's been safe to not be that way. But guess what else feels safe to me? Playing small, being small, not going outside of my edges. What I didn't tell you yet that I think is just so fascinating and just like such a cool aha is that quote unquote coincidentally, I had a big session, powerful four and a half hour session with Violet the Spirit Healer yesterday. And I have a session tonight with my mentor, Sigrid Tazias, who I'm in a six month container with. And it we haven't had a, an online call for months now and we're gonna have one tonight. Not a coincidence to me. But what I didn't tell you is that and also the theme that's been running in me the past week or so and what I'm going to be working on and talking with Sigrid about tonight is exactly what was just tested today. Pushing beyond my edges, getting out of the comfort zone that I have now. You know, when we say get out of your comfort zone, what I say is we have a million comfort zones. You have one and then you break out of that and then you have another one. Then you break out of that and then you got another one. You keep pushing those edges further and further and further out. I explained it to someone the other day, there's a fish in a fish tank and that fish gets fed better food and and has better, cleaner water and it grows and it needs a new tank. It bumps up against those edges and needs a new tank and then needs a new tank and then needs a new tank and then needs a new tank. And that's what we keep doing if we're doing this work. And I'm on that path of doing this work. Even if it's messy, even if it's slow, even if it's stagnant for a while, but I'm just going to keep getting bigger and newer and better tanks. So I truly believe that what happened today not only was not an accident, it was so many things coming together to give me this big aha. And the aha is... The tank isn't fully empty and that's okay. You got a brief reminder of old pain that's still there and that's okay. When you got into your body and you went on that walk and you did what you've learned to do and what you teach on this podcast, you got the answers. One, something's trying to keep you from working out. Two, when your husband was walking out of the gym, it was just your little girl feeling like you were being left and that's okay. We can apologize, acknowledge, and repair And we can repair more and more quickly the more we're willing to do this and recognize all this stuff and have these conversations and look in the mirror and look at ourselves and look under the covers and really look at why we do the shit we do. It happened also so I could practice choice. I talked about that last week on the episode, practicing choice. It allowed me to say, do I want to just stay safe? Do I want to just like not do these workouts? Because I don't have to. I have a great life. It's fine. But I was able to say, no, I do choose this. Something is trying to protect me and keep me from that, but that part of me isn't in the driver's seat. I love that part of me. It has protected me and protected me my whole childhood. I just don't need it right now. And then the other icing on this glorious, messy, really interesting cake is that it allowed me to come in to this studio and chat with you and tell you about it. To tell you that When you blow up, when you get upset, when you get your feelings hurt, when you feel like you're going offline, when you feel sad and you don't know why, it's okay. And there's always more. There's always an answer deep within you. There's always an answer in your body. There's always an answer deep in your heart. 
There's always an answer from the universe. There's always an answer from God and your angels. There's always an answer. It may not be the answer you're looking for or that you expect, but there is an answer. And within that answer, there's a lesson. The question is, are you willing to pause, to move, to breathe, to get back to center, back into yourself, back online, and find out what that is? I am so glad that happened today. Before this work, I would have stayed angry for the entire day. I would have stewed. I would have been upset about it. We would have texted about it. We would have probably discussed it later, maybe even argued about it. I don't feel like you care. You don't make time for me. You know, every time I want to have a date with you, something happens. You make appointments with everybody but me. It didn't matter to you. You didn't care enough to work out with me. You were being selfish. All you wanted to do was work out. You didn't care about spending time with me. You didn't care I was overwhelmed by the Excel spreadsheet. I even told you I was. And then you just freaking left because everything was more important than me. That's probably how it would have gone down. I don't want to tell you that, but I tell you this stuff not because I want you to see my dirty laundry. I want you to hear me say it because no one's saying this shit. Everybody is talking about advice, 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 but they're not willing usually to tell their own stuff. And I'm willing to tell you that that's how it would have gone down. Even though we have an amazing relationship, that's my old pattern. That's my old shit. That's my old stuff. And then, of course, it would trigger his stuff. I never can do anything right. My abandonment wound would come up, then I would trigger one of his wounds, which is he had a really, really, really critical perfectionist parent and demanding parent. And he felt he felt his whole life and his wound is, I never get anything right. I can never do anything right. It has to be perfect. So then my wound would push on, let's say, pushing. P- picture you're pushing on a bruise, right? Push on his wound, which would push on mine. And it would just go back and forth and back and forth, bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong. And that's what we call a spat or an argument. It's just two inner children, two, a little girl and a little boy, or if you're in a same-sex relationship, two little boys or two little girls, it doesn't matter, saying, I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel loved. I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. And this is why. And then it goes right back to the other one and they go back and forth and back and forth. See, this is why arguing is not the problem. The problem isn't the spat. The problem isn't the disagreement. The problem isn't the argument. The problem is we don't do the work afterwards. And then it just repeats on loop, on loop, on loop forever until we die or until we divorce. What if we took the time to go into ourselves and go, hold on a minute, sister. And this isn't about blame. This isn't just like owning your shit. Yes, it is sort of, but it's deeper than that. There's no judgment. There's no blame for this. It is going into ourselves and saying, okay, what are you trying to teach me here? What is the lesson for me? What's underneath this behavior? How am I feeling? And you put your hand on your heart and say, it's okay. You're safe. You're safe. You're loved. You're safe. I'm safe. I'm loved. It's all okay. It's all okay. And you walk or you breathe or you dance or you move. And many times it won't take long to realize, oh, that's what it was. And sometimes you won't know, and that's okay. But when you come back to center, which is love, you'll be able to respond and answer and go back to the other person as what? As love. 
not as, okay, I did it all wrong and you did it all right and I'm sorry. It's not about right and wrong. Coming back as love, not with love, but as love, like I am love, I am love's voice, is I'm going to own my part here. I'm going to share with you what was going on with me, vulnerably. I'm going to share with you what was going on with me. There's no way that the other person, unless they are a complete dirtbag loser, <laughs> there's no way the other person isn't going to respond with love. They may not have the tools to respond with vulnerability, so be ready. They may not be able to, but that's okay. You will. This is for you, not them. And by the way, it ends up being for them as well because you're a mirror and you're a teacher. Okay, so I got to run right now and go get little Rocco from the bus. I hope this was helpful to you. I feel like it was. Please text it to a friend, at least one person, and share with them why. Why are you sending it to them? What did you get out of this? Whenever you recommend anything, right? Let's say it's a restaurant. They want to know, why are you sending me this? You don't want to just send the link to a restaurant. You want to say, oh my gosh, I had the best experience. That steak was the best I've ever had. It reminded me of blah, 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 whatever. But send it to one person, please. It will be so helpful to them. It will be a gift to them. And if you close your eyes and you center yourself, you'll know exactly who to send it to. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Breathe, 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 breathe. Love yourself and surrender.